it sometimes sounds a little hokey, but I really think it is a big thing that you, you connect with friends whom you haven't spoken to in a while. And... You know, nobody really pays attention to us. We're doing our own thing and we're all alone. So uh, people move, but it feels like Sunday, eternal Sunday. It's the people that stock the grocery store shelves. It's the uh, nurses. It's the delivery drivers. Like, This is the time to do that and to remember what they mean to you. We can stop on a dime. We can change things very quickly. When we work as a team, we can work and cooperate together. It, this is an international thing. We are all one people. We're definitely talking about things that make us human right now. It's Tim uh, from Radio Clash, one of the long-running podcasts on our internet. We're going to talk about it, but first of all, uh, it's really great to hear from you. Hi, Tim. Hello. <laughs> um, Hello from Lockdown, London. And uh, Tim, you're there in your bunker. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, it is literally in a basement flat, so oh. we are in a bunker, yeah. I've been doing this thing for the past, I guess, since the, the stay-home orders, so to speak, uh, calling friends around the world uh especially people who you know back in in the early 2000s when it comes to either podcasting journalism uh arts that i met back then that i've followed and kept up with over the years either kept up with very closely or 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 less closely but still thanks to social media uh uh from afar passive following <laughs> so to speak and Tim, I'm, I've been a subscriber to Radio Clash since the very, well, the day I started looking for podcasts, I think, because you were there. I think that must have been for me, 2005, when I found you. Is that possible? Yeah. Yeah. I started in 29th of November, 2004. Ah, yes. Yeah. Yeah. And you were there in the early days. And I mean, I know we're currently facing a pandemic. I mean, we were just talking about your, your bunker life. <laughs> and what's going on outside as well. And it's not just the pandemic. It's also a it's certainly a big chapter in the history of, uh, I would call it civil rights movement. I would call it the movement for justice in this world. Um, but at the same time, I, I also like to remember, you know, where we've been, even just as individuals. And indeed, like, yeah, back in 2004, you started. I also started creating audio for the internet. What was your... If I, if I can take it to this subject, right? What was yeah. your thinking back then? Why why did you insist on, on, <laughs> I insist, on I doing insist. this? I demand. Even when people went, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah. yeah there's a lot of that. Um, my yeah. thinking was um, John Peel. John Peel died in October 2004. And I remember this conversation I had with my partner going, I was ranting. I was going, oh, oh, I who's going to who's gonna take over? from him you know there's, there's not there's not a you know there's not anyone who can replace him and he actually I, I, I can't imagine i don't know whether actually i imagine this or it's one of those things i've told it so many times i'm not really sure whether it happened or not but i understand i remember him saying well why don't you do it or something along those effect and then it was just this light bulb moment thinking you know not saying i'm john peel but i, I suddenly had this idea that there could be a lot of john peels in podcasting so i just heard about podcasting 
about September, I come across Adam Curry. Yeah. Yep. And Daily Source Code. And so yep. I was listening to podcasts then and I was like, oh, and so it took me about a month to sort myself out. And yeah. I had a tie clip mic taped to a tripod stand. And I'm so quiet on that podcast. And I won't even introduce my name because I was I was paranoid about the legal side because back then I was playing pretty much uh, mashups all the time, apart from one song at the end. And and I was so worried about that that I didn't introduce my name for like, I don't know how many podcasts. <laughs> it's like, I'm in London. Yeah, I might have mentioned my first name, certainly definitely not my last name. I think I did, I'm not sure I even said where I was from, actually. I don't. Th- yeah, you were really, really careful, <laughs> and I remember that because as a listener, I, I could follow you. I could, I could laugh at if when you made a bit of a joke. Uh, definitely listen to the music, but at the same time, I couldn't tell anyone anything about you. It was, it was tricky. Uh, and then <laughs> over time, little things about your life did did start to come out, and then eventually, thankfully, we we met in person. Um, but yeah, yeah, I remember your approach back then. <laughs> yes well i wasn't sure because there have been uh and now you get dmcas but there have been sort of these i have had cease and desists for yeah. like creating mashups and so it's interesting how the music industry seems to like podcasts um i know some people have had issues with it but i've never had a single legal approach after i mean i had a sort of three-year sort of hiatus i, I posted mixes but i, I didn't sure. didn't do live podcasts um, but I've been podcasting pretty much apart from that since 2004 yeah. and there hasn't been a single approach from a legal entity saying, Oh, how dare you put yeah. this music in podcast. And I've heard informally that they actually quite like podcasts as promotion, which is weird. Why do why do they see single tracks as evil? Yeah. And then a whole podcast is, Oh, that's fine. Yeah. I think they think of it as radio. I think that's something weird like that. But that, that is also interesting because radio will have to adhere to all kinds of copyright or pay or yeah yeah, yeah. but they, they don't seem to seem uh it is it is uh it is as evil as single mashups which they absolutely sometimes hate depending on which company at what time or whatever yeah. it's a weird kind of game between that where like the, the, you know the they they want to, it to be taken down and they'll they'll make your life hard but you can come back later under a different name or the same name just they'll, they'll go away which is really odd but i've, I've won battles against emi and a few other people. Um, but the moment, weirdly, the one that's really, really nasty is Sony, which used to be one of the better ones because back in the day, uh, I used to know somebody who works as A&R for Sony, and <clears throat> he loved mashups. He, he said how he liked mashups and DIY, DIY remixes and white labels because that meant they, 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 um, they knew what tracks to release because they knew that the big remix track was the next one they needed to push because all the DJs were going, yay. So they love white labels back then, back in the noughties, but they seem to be, they really, Sony SME are, are, are the one of the biggest people who used to be Warners and Universal, and now it's SME, DM, DMCA, and, yeah. there, and then I, or, or like muting live streams, which affects a lot of DJs at the moment. Twitch is starting to clamp down on this as well that if you live stream because a lot of djs are at home at the moment what they can't dj so what they're doing is live streaming and now the live streaming services are being clamped down by uh the copyright which is a bit crazy because what else are they going to do and so the sme was muting my live facebook streams just that bit the song and i, yeah. I contest it and then it, then it got put back wow just, that's what happens is, is you just contest it and they can't be bothered 
I did not know um, that because it always seems so final when you, I mean, I'm also thinking of if you ever do, um, yeah, Facebook live, but if you also, I mean, the classic with YouTube is posting any kind of video that may contain a song that gets flagged. I mean, yeah. couple of services oh soundcloud was terrible uh, oh soundcloud yeah i i, I do yeah. occasionally post things but i rarely do that now because the soundcloud is so bad yeah uh but it's weird because they started off they keep saying it's like this sort of i don't know copyright version of virtue virtue signaling like going, oh oh we, we we like djs we we will support your copyright and then they just keep flagging you anyway um mixcloud is good uh for long shows because they, they pay royalties but um so they seem to be fine but the but yeah youtube no you can contest all of them all of them the dmca has a has a ability to appeal and when you do that it's a way to get out the copyright strikes because there's a few people who uh, a few people in the past who have actually said oh no we want that to stay but most of the people don't have the infrastructure they just basically flag you and then it's gone so you just go nope and then is uh, one of my videos which is the mariah carey care versus drum and bass one the scary christmas one that's had three takedowns and three appeals and it's back up again and it just we just do this constant dance and it's the same record company yeah but are these th- this uh, dance mariah. i mean is this happening every week every year what um when i was posting more videos it would be every week yes and a lot of them were false DS- dmcas as well i'd have to check to see if it was the record label and quite often it'd be like, that's not the record label. They've got nothing to do with this artist or this artist or anybody to do this video or, or even the video, you know, it's the visuals and the audio, so it can be one or the other. And so you, you Google them go, nope, that's actually really naughty because they try and get the monetization. So you get a lot, of, a lot of cable channels and really dodgy people doing that. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just remembered. And of course, I, uh, I'm going to botch all the facts because I never, something about this story also made me stay away but um you know one of those people that runs around i guess because he might have some claim on all this but it was an early podcaster um adam carolla uh right for comedy he was i guess he was early i mean it wasn't that early but it was early and early um, compared to serial and all that yes yes yeah 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 and he i think he ended up being involved in a, a probably quite a noble fight somewhere in texas where there's like this sort of spam uh, legal cases where they, a couple of some group of people, I guess, to make money, uh, send out messages threatening legal action. And one of them was related to either the word, yeah, the word podcast or something they were claiming. Yeah. There's like a a patent fight about podcasting because someone was trying to claim that they did it first and it was something weird. Like they were sending, um, cassette tapes in the mail and they claim that to, they claim that to be podcasting. I remember this one. And it was like, no, that's not forecasting. But they claimed the prior art patent because they'd obviously patented. But it was one of the things where someone else had bought the patent and then they were patent trolls. So it, they'd bought the patent and then and then they'd gone, oh, well, who can we apply this to? Oh, podcasts. And it was thrown out eventually, I think. But there was a big fight about it. Yeah, I remember that it took a lot of money and he was involved in that to, to I guess, get funds together to somehow win this battle and end what had been an ongoing uh threats and and yeah yeah um tim part of my whole thing is you know catching up with people i know that as we said you've been podcasting since 2004 somewhere around 2015 you you stop uh yes it was to end of 2014 my 10-year anniversary yeah oh 10-year anniversary in fact as well yeah i mean what was the i mean some of these things i know from from creating podcasts it just happens 
Um, you know that I, and I think you listen occasionally to as well. I listen to Madge always, Madge Weinstein, for people out there. And I know that Madge struggles with, um, do I want to keep doing this? Why? You know, why do I keep doing this? I mean, look at what's happening in the world. Look at how, you know, how much it requires of someone. Uh, and in the end, this is where it's harder to interpret, but what you get back out of it. Uh, but anyway, that's Madge. Uh, for you in 2015, what was the the situation where you were like, eh, I'm going to take a break? Um, I'd kind of fallen out of love of it for a while. And actually, it's weird because I suddenly started posting very regularly for a year because I was actually using up all my podcasts that I'd ever done. I'd ever planned, I ever done. Uh, I had loads and loads of folders of podcasts. I was going, oh, I must do this. Must do this. And literally, I went through them all for a year and then just went, that's it. Uh, because I just felt that it, yeah, I was one of the last or probably the longest at that point UK podcast still going because of the previous ones like Green Dragon and the Mashup podcast had stopped, which is the one before me, um, Ross Barber's podcast and a few others so i think i I think i'm not sure it's hard to tell but i think i was the longest running music podcast at that point and i was just a bit like well last man standing it was just like well this is good but actually i want to i'm i'm not i don't love it anymore and so i i just felt that and it's funny because people asked me in that period saying oh do you miss podcasting and i was like no (laughs) (laughs) i was like really like no i really do not actually miss this um uh, and it was weird when a friend of mine uh, of the library, which is a great podcast, Ian invited me on his podcast for his, uh, I think it was a hundredth that he'd done because he was inspired by me to start. And then I sort of stopped and I just, I just kind of went, actually, yeah, I do miss this, but it took actually somebody inviting me onto a podcast and then actually going actually, yeah, but it was three years later. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny where it comes from. I've also had those moments where I think, yeah, what, does it matter? Does it matter? You know, that's often what matters. And then I'll I'll get, I mean, this does not happen often, but I will get a message or I, I got a tweet from someone who years ago, many years ago, I, I gave um, little workshops teaching people how to podcast and and uh, he became a listener. He was in, in, in Croatia. And when I read this message, I was just like, oh, yeah. And it sort of cheered me up and, and gave why. me fuel That's for why. I don't know how many months. Um, it's it's funny how I don't know. I think it's also for myself. It's my own personality. I guess I can I can sometimes go like, eh, it all amounts to nothing. And then other times I go, no, it amounts to something. But that's and, the creative uh, dilemma. I have to have that in my artwork because I've been trying to become an artist, and uh, you know, as, as my job. And yeah, that's a regular struggle because it's just like why why am i doing this what's the point and i think i'm pretty sure all creatives have that um it's just it's rather more visible when podcasts stop yeah i yeah that's true right right while you're doing it you may or may not have people listening along with you or eventually you know yeah. they'll mention it but then when you stop they they have something to say or well yeah i would though interesting there were people who didn't realize I'd stopped, <laughs> which I find really funny because I, I kind of posted the odd mix into the feed, but I, but no, I didn't do any sort of live hosted shows. And they were, those were very different to the shows. And so it was like, I, I and someone said, oh, I didn't realize. I was like, I stopped three years ago. I stopped four years ago. But when I came back, I, I, I got 
I, you know, it's kind of not immediately, but then I started getting comments saying, Oh, I, you know, I've been listening back to you in the back in the day and I'm glad you're back and stuff, which was yeah. nice. This is Radio Freedom. Even though we have this internet of social media and and all the possibilities to communicate, but you know, if you think about the amount of people who passively or quietly uh, are getting something from your work, um, that's it's it can be quite a lot of people or just a few people, but still you don't hear from them, and that's really a missed thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I I've done that myself. Yeah, so I kind of like I won't criti- criticize people, but it is kind of makes it hard. I will say to people if you listen to podcasts or whatever podcast you're listening to, please, please, please do comment or say something at some point because it does really help. Because otherwise you feel like, sometimes you feel like no one's listening or you're into the void. And then you look at your downloads and say, well someone is listening, although they're downloading. They might not be listening. So you don't know if they might just left some machine somewhere in <laughs> the middle of middle of middle of sort of area fifty one downloading all the podcasts. You don't know if you, who who is actually is actually listening. So without that feedback, it doesn't help. But then again, I've been in that situation where I listen to podcasts and I've been like, oh, I like this, but I haven't I haven't gone back to the the creator and um and also I will say uh, as someone who is struggling financially. If you can tip or or help out, that also really helps out because it's it's um you know it, it it's I don't expect that, but it's been nice when I set up the Ko-Fi that that a few people have chipped in, though uh, quite a few of them my friends, and I feel really embarrassed about that. Yeah, well, because they're mean, like it's like I don't no no it's like yeah. it's like uh, thank you, but you know, but you're already supporting me anyway in other ways, and and so. I always feel a bit weird about that. Although I've noticed a lot of the Twitch people, a lot of the sort of booty um, live streaming people, they are just completely, I was going to use the word whoring, which sounds a bit rude, but they are really just like out there on the Venmo and the, and the, and the, the PayPal me and stuff. And I suppose that's the new economy really for people who would usually DJ and, and work yeah. is that they have to really push the donation links. Yeah. And subscription yeah, links and remind people of what it takes to do this and and that there's a person yeah yeah but I, it's sad it's, it's sad in a way because I, I as you know i've been all about not about the money i i kind of i i struggled over the last oh, 15 well must be 20 odd years to to even put a donation link on my podcast because of the legal issues i didn't really want to have someone coming along and going oh you're you're playing my music and then can we have some money please i have done now um but because i i set one up for my artwork and then people were donating because of the podcast anyway so i was like well really you know but but it's kind of weird i don't feel completely happy about it but then again that seems to be the 
the, it's the new be. COVID COVID world. Well, yeah, also with COVID, but it's it, yeah. I mean, otherwise, what is it, right? I mean, I listen to, let's say per week. I don't know. I listen to a lot of podcasts. Let's not focus on the numbers, and and the amount that involve an advertisement, it's significant. It's it's probably seventy five percent of what I listen to. Is, has an advertisement in it. Now they could be from big advertising, could be from small, um, and and a lot of that time. I mean, thanks to podcast players, I've customized things so that I won't listen to the first minute or two of programs that I know start with an advertisement because I just can't. I just can't anymore. You know, I'm not going to buy the product, uh, and I'm I'm here for the the art, the the creation, and this thing is just a bunch of noise and and it just doesn't work and so i'm amazed at how it's it's taken off or rather people just moved over right values from television and commercial radio and said here you go makes sense right it's just in podcast form now and i'm just still going i don't think it works i don't think advertising works in podcasting but anyway i'm sure some people were like oh no it's wonderful and 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 it it, it, it's 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 funded my house and my palace and my fleet of cars or something but I don't think it works, um, but it's interesting the Patreon thing. I've been I've been looking at the Patreon world and thinking, hmm. But it's all that special content you've got to create for subscribers. Like, going, yeah, more work. That sounds good. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Patreon thing. I don't. It, it it would it would be something. But again, another layer added. Patreon is a service. Patreon takes their yeah. percentage to exist yeah. and perhaps better than exist. And there've been issues around those charges as well, just like all of the systems. But specifically, I think when I was looking at it, there were like there were lots of people complaining about the fact they just suddenly put all the without 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 consultation, they just suddenly put up their their percentage. And there have been problems. I like with the Kickstarter and and uh, you know all those all those platforms all had problems with kind of like either putting up charges or in, in the case of which, what was it just giving or one of the, what was the kickstart? One of them kind of like fell over for musicians and I can't remember which one it is. Ooh, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, but what one of those, I don't think it was Kickstarter, but it was one of the other ones which people used a lot for funding albums. It, it hit financial problems and um, it wanted to be just giving cause that's charities, but it was one of the other kickstarters, I think. And, Pledge, oh, it's Pledge, Pledge Music, or Pledge, whatever it's called, yeah. And that one hit a problem, and lots of albums had to be delayed or whatever because they, they ran out of money. And I don't know what happened, to, whether they managed to survive, but but it, it, it's interesting how, yeah, there's that sort of thing about you know, money and, and relying on those kind of donations, but then taking the money. And then and obviously the artists couldn't afford to then produce the album because they didn't have the money from the Pledge Music. Yeah. Tim, would you say you've now, from having fallen out of love with <laughs> podcasting in twenty around twenty fifteen, uh, in, in between twenty eighteen when you restarted and and here we are in twenty twenty, have you fallen back in love with it or? Yes, you, yeah? yes. Yeah. Um, I uh, you still have that problem. Like, do you really? Yeah, occasionally, like, yeah, oh, do I keep keep doing it? But I've got into the habit of it again, so. It's kind of a, a, a habit, but it, it is certainly with the whole social justice angle and the political angle, which has become very important very recently, but was always there. I, I'm sure some people were like, I mean, as, some, as someone posted through my 
uh, through my contact form, Tim is a twat, they said. Uh, so some people obviously disagree uh, with, with my opinion. I think that was probably one of your best friends. But anyway. Someone from Australia, someone in Perth, I was going, who do I know in Perth? Um <laughs> And, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I went through all the bootleggers and, and there was only one I could think of, which won't be named, but I don't think it was them. All right. Uh, but, uh, they may have had uh, the wrong Tim also possible. Well, possibly, but it was a bit like, who, Perth, Perth, Perth. Uh, but yes, cause yeah, in UK, I could, I've got plenty of people. <laughs> who were justified. But, to write Yeah, them. I know. Well, well, some are justified, some are not. Oh. I'm just. But uh, I just had one pop up recently who will not be named who uh, who uh, yeah had a big go about go about. It was funny how they were saying. I just had a, a big interview on the Masters of Mash, which is the uh, uh, Pimp Daddy Supreme is an American sort of mashup DJ producer, sound producer. It was part of the Snuggles, then a Negative Land World, and he did an interview about my history. So I just had that. And I was waiting for the backlash. And then there's, there's somebody who I knew a long time ago was going, oh, you've done nothing for the scene. And I was like, yeah. And the funny, oh, you, you, you're an armchair person. You've done nothing for the mashup bootleg scene. It was like, um, actually, <laughs> yeah, I was feared. My friend just said, oh, well, he's put on night and he's done this and this and this. And it's so it was a weird thing to be thrown at me, but I was waiting for that. Cause every time I, do something like that there's always someone who says oh but 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 you know there's always a backlash um so but the, 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 it's, it's a dysfunctional family the yeah. mashup world is a dysfunctional family i mean uh w- you, you remind me and and again it's like lost history or almost lost history uh, in the early days of podcasting there were all kinds of course as it grew at that time for what was growth there were all kinds of little subgroups right oh I yeah, mean, yeah when you talk i remember and it's only because of your program i remember some names that you would mention regularly from the mashup podcast world and i for me i had decided at some point you were pretty much it for me for mashups <laughs> yeah <Yay. You> know, <laughs> there were some other music podcasts but you were in charge of mashups in my life okay. <laughs> um but it was funny because and i know you saw this and and we all crossed over into hopefully different categories at different times but there were these little pockets of types of programs oh um, yeah, yeah yeah and again a reference to madge who at the time was somewhere in the middle of what was then trying to be an lgbtq and friends yeah uh, queer 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 casting yeah yeah was, uh, yeah they even had that term for that queer yeah. casting yeah Which but yeah there was there was that sort of world there's also toby who still does the odd podcast toby dylan t dylan um otherwise there's twinkle boy back in the day uh he was a mashup person so he's he's still around but yeah there was a kind of a group around that that was doing doing the lgbtq stuff but when there wasn't a category on on that's right you know that they've only just added that now uh, was that itunes iTunes yeah. in 2019 added yeah. the LGBTQ category and then got rid of iTunes. What yeah. They, well, what do they say? Kind of, yeah. Well, <laughs> Apple podcasts, or whatever you want to call it. <laughs> but yeah, the first time, literally it's taken them that long since 2006. It's taken that long to put in a, 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 a sort of LGBTQ category. Yeah. We were in health and sexuality, which doesn't really work. No. Yeah. That's right. That's right. <laughs> this doesn't really work now. Um, but yeah, there were all kinds of, I remember I was always on the lookout for, I mean, I had so many, interests or uh, still do i hope but it was like oh are there journalism podcasts oh or, you know give me something because my idea was give me stuff i've never heard before give me stuff i can or learn Fris- about. frisbee podcasts yeah you that was doing the there's been an attempt frisbee? i still 
well, it's become a problem to throw because you know you, if you're isolating, you don't want. Yeah, you can't really do the, the social objects. distancing. Yeah, like uh, throw yeah. it, but don't pick it up. Yeah, <laughs> but I'm very jealous of all frisbee couples right now because they can still play amongst each other. Uh, uh, so because yeah. that disc what, can still go back and forth. Between you need to get into boomerangs. Yeah, ultimate boomerang. Right back to you. That's right. You can just throw into the wind. It's a good time for that. And that is a thing that frisbee players do. They do throw oh, into the wind yeah. and catch it themselves. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. So what a different time though, because I mean, I could be talking out of school because you never know what's going on on the internet for sure. But now we get more. If I I spend some time every few months looking through podcast player, like I use Pocket Casts, um, and I'll just look through. What if I follow their directory buttons? Where do I end up? And the big focus over the last few, maybe years even, is these sort of networks. Um, as opposed to, you know, like you were just saying, health and sexuality, uh, news. Um, now it's like, these are some um, networks. And then you'll see, uh, you name it, you know, it start, always starts like NPR. And then well, there's like a, they're almost like BBC. corporations, like podcast corporations, aren't they? The networks. Yep. I remember starting basically, there's just like an affiliation thing. Yes. And now they're kind of like people produce podcasts for people so that all they do is basically turn up pretty much they don't produce the podcast themselves so like you get you have some celebrity on the network and they might they might record it themselves obviously they probably have to do it now but they used to basically just turn up and and and, and i i feel that's not podcasting really that's just like radio um but but the, the, there are all these networks who, who will who will produce things for people and be like oh well you know we'll actually help them with all the production and do all the editing and do even show ideas and then just sort of say well so and so is on our network and that's why you get a lot of um comedians and whatever doing it they're actually got networks doing them for them so yeah. it's uh yeah and the odd thing that. is that then the network itself starts trying to sort of collect different genres <laughs> for within the network it's like oh we don't have one of you yet we don't have one of you and so we're sort of, you know, you could see the connection to the old days, but at the same time, it's, it's, it's a new way of grouping things together and saying, oh, you know, yeah, you know, a bit of a pod show flashback there. In, which is sorry about that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In a way, right? Yeah. Shout I mean, out to all those ex pod show podcasts. Sure, out sure. I think I still. I'm, I'm glad still I dodged touch. that bullet. I really am. Yeah, yeah. Well, look. I mean. <laughs> <laughs> it was a moment in history. I don't know. Anytime I try to, it was to a moment. Yeah, it was it a moment. Positively. Yeah, that, that, that's a good way of putting it. It was a moment. Yeah, it was a thing. It was a thing, and we're just not going to move around. <laughs> there you go. There you go. <laughs> I'm sure people like Madge do not want to be reminded. No, no, that's <laughs> true. Um, but no, it was. It was actually up for consideration that uh, people I knew. I think it was uh, Rob of Top of the Pods actually asked them, "Would you ha be happy to have Tim on the?" on the on on podjo and i didn't ask that and he was like oh you know uh, yeah, oh he was fine with it but it was like there was all this bit about legal stuff but but it was a bit like you know uh i wasn't fine with it so yeah, yeah. <laughs> tim did you used to do like especially i mean i i know now it's not possible but did, have you been doing live um sorry in person uh perf like uh djing in places or, or that's not really been your thing i haven't i retired from that um a few years back i was doing vjing about ooh, about five years ago and that was the last sort of set of gigs i did with the kleptones at a, at a night called kleptonite which is at the britannia in hackney which is very good so i was kind of involved with that 
but that was the last time I did a sort of a DJ in person gig. I kind of like uh, hung up my headphones or whatever the yeah. thing is, yeah. put away <laughs> my CDRs or whatever. But I, I, I just, I just found it's, I, it's kind of nice to do it online. It's nice doing podcasting. It's nice doing Mixcloud. Yeah, live. I see your yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I still, do, I still kind of like do record everything live and through tractor and, and sort of and, and edit it edit it when i inevitably do the tra- train wreck but but it, but it but it is it is it is recorded live because it, it becomes totally different if you start kind of like i i, I had this problem early on of, of of what you know what do i do do i sort of just place the songs together or do i you know edit them together in in some piece of software or mix them together and and, and i found that the best way is to actually record it live because it it sounds usually sounds better, even if there's the odd mistake. Um, slightly rougher, it sounds more real. Whereas if you actually try and make it perfect, it just it just sounds a bit like a mixtape. And um, yeah, so I kind of I I stopped doing the in live stuff, which is a bit sad, but it it, it was um, a lot of work. So, you know, and, and also a lot of people I knew that were doing nights stopped doing them. And I, I was trying to organize my own, but the venue problem is a real issue. And it will be even more of an issue post-lockdown. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, because those those small venues were going. Yeah. Uh, were all being redeveloped for sort Real of estate. flats and housing <laughs> and residential. And I don't know if that's a problem in Amsterdam. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, but with the gentrification. But London real real problems so the small venues just all went in the, over the last 10 years uh there's the old little one but a lot of the ones i used to go to clubbing have gone so there isn't those kind of like 200 100 300 capacity places they're very rare unless they're like a the back of a pub or something but not a sort of a dedicated venue yeah yeah the venues i mean the few that have survived and are still around i do wonder what happens now yeah uh, yeah yeah depressing sorry yeah sorry. no it's fine but it, but it is it is a, a, a reality for i mentioned the djs and the streaming issues and the copyright uh whether there will be these venues i mean i i worry about booty in san francisco because they're if it goes on lockdown goes on for much longer there won't be a dna club for them to go back to and so they're doing kind of like the same sort of crowdsourcing, crowdsourcing crowdfunding right of, which in of, san francisco should be able to keep you afloat but it depends on people well san francisco has the same oh. problem with the google and the silicon valley yeah uh, for it's, a second i was thinking of high incomes but i'm also forgetting about high costs yeah because yeah. all these sort of like google bros are coming in <laughs> and uh and just uh buying up and, and the residential properties are a crazy price and um and obviously places like the um the studs just gone mm-hmm because the stud was a place where I didn't think I'd been to, but it actually I what had I had been there when the first time I DJed in San Francisco, which was two thousand and four, which is interestingly just before I started the podcast. Uh, and I I met up with the people who ran Booty, Adriana and Dee, at a night called Guilty, which is at the stud, and the, and it's also there was a night called T Shack. I won't say the full name because it's. They they changed it because of the uh, it was an old and now seen as a bit offensive, but but they they I had actually, I realized I had actually been there and, and that's been there for like thirty odd years thirty four years and they've decided to uh, you know that they can't keep it going on, on in the lockdown 
and so they've 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 given up and it's the they're going to keep going but they've given up the the property and it's just kind of like that's a bit of sort of gay history in san francisco which is gone yeah yeah that's that's the i mean in a way like i know that there are people in san francisco that are good at keeping histories and 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 maybe even publishing them and, and making them of teaching people but it is it is a question like the even when you talk about the history of mashup podcasts uh um you know, is anyone keeping track? I know we have our Wikipedias, and and <laughs> we might might be able to fall back on that. Um, no, not at all. Because oh, all right. of this doesn't come in. Well, because the, the oh, notability is that John called notability. Yeah. It's like the yeah. you have to. I still can't believe that Wikipedia goes on about oh, we're we're the future, we're the future, and um, then says that you have to have three mainstream articles about you and you alone before they will actually feature you on the po- on uh, you, before you can have your own wikipedia page so i can't have a wikipedia page ready clash can't has a wikipedia page we can't have one because we i i do have press from back in the day but it was all compilation because everyone when podcasts were a new thing everyone did these things where they went oh here's six podcasts you should try so people like adam curry are fine because they had loads of articles about them but other people, very few people had articles just about them. They were usually part of a whole thing. As this means, depending on what the subject is, I mean, like John had this problem. He, I think he tried to add gay, uh, gay left on there. There was a, uh, a, an organization called gay left. I think maybe, and he also, he created something called librarians for social change as well. That's his, that was his uh, baby. And he, he's tried to add those onto Wikipedia and he got pulled down as being not notable. But the problem was, it's like, oh, we can't find this on the internet. Well, it's not on the internet because the publications are in the libraries and the libraries haven't digitized them. So they're not out there. So you can't qualify. Uh, so it, it, so yeah. So like older history, unless someone has actually digitized it and referenced it or writing articles about it, they won't go, oh, well, oh, that doesn't exist. So this 20 year old from, I don't know, Arkansas or something says, the moderator says, you know, um, on the, the wiki trolls just goes oh no this doesn't delete because because i don't i've never heard of this well of course you're talking about 1970s politics which of course of course has got nothing to do with the current situation these 1970 politics fighting fascists and things like that oh that's so, you know it's, it's a good thing that's that's gone away isn't it <laughs> it yeah 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 no we, we haven't yeah it's either gone away or, or we haven't discovered that it's a thing yet and yeah. But but that's the thing is is that there are things you probably could learn from that period, right? But a lot of it is kind of like to, sort of pushed to one side because it's in dusty library somewhere because it hasn't been digitized, it hasn't been preserved, it hasn't been archived. So it's this weird situation where like there's especially a lot of radical um, radical socialist social justice those those kind of movements they generally don't have ISBN numbers. They generally don't have kind of you know nice coffee table books about them because they're talking about gay rights, trans rights, uh, black rights, you know, uh, you know, uh, you know, similar, but some civil, civil movement stuff does, but they're talking about stuff, which was at the time was fringe. So people didn't, maybe now, but it's only recent that people started to study these things at a university and then have, then start to produce books. And then John, people like John read them and go, what is this? This is a pile of crap. <laughs> because yes. they don't know the history. And, uh, yeah, she's yeah. going. This is wrong. This is yeah. wrong. This yeah. is wrong. I mean, th- on the bright side, I suppose that that this is what's good about our era. Hopefully, that that 
if someone is now writing a history, uh, at least it's going to get more, it can be found. It, but, but as you just mentioned, the only problem is that you're writing it without uh, really including things that happened historically, but just never <laughs> weren't considered noteworthy to the yeah. forces that, that make those decisions. Uh, oh, well, I, I, John pointed me to an article, a uh, paper actually, or oh, it's kind of it's a, it's a an article in a a journal, yeah, an academic journal, and uh, I think it's Arion, and it's about sort of ancient history, and someone had done Snoop had compared Snoop Doggy Dog's first album with um oh, what was it with sort of ancient history. I can't remember if it was Virgil or something like that, but it was one of those one of those ancient writers, and. I was going through it from the other side because my partner's a real kind of classics freak, and I was going. He doesn't. He knows nothing about Snoop Doggy Dog, <laughs> and and I was going through it, going, "Well, that's wrong, that's wrong, that's huh. wrong," um, and it was written by a white man. And so, because we looked him up, because I was like, "Well, his name could go either way," because he's called Spencer. It's like, well, it could be black or white, and and, and I was like, "If he's black." Fair enough, but actually, this 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 he's going. Oh, it's all a gangster rap. It's all about drugs and 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 bling and women. I'm going, kind of, kind of not. You know, mm-hmm. it's like totally missed the police brutality side. Mm-hmm, I tell you that. Mm-hmm. And um, and 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 it was just like his citations were like the album, a few online articles from the source, one from the source, and a book. And I was like, going, that's not good. <laughs> you know, it, and and it's that kind of thing. It's like. Uh, you know, it's trying to be hit by, by by dropping in some gangster rap from 1992 in a in in a in a journal that was written last year, and it's just like really, but it's that sort of idea of, of trying to citing stuff which is very not really doing the homework. But the homework is quite hard to do because you need to be really part of that scene, and you probably wouldn't be doing Greek history. So it's kind of a weird kind of thing of going. I want to attract people with with something slightly different but actually and and he might consider that he's been thorough or as thorough as possible or probably probably yeah yeah, i'll probably get someone saying oh you know you listen to the podcast and then get told off but um but the the thing thing is 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 it just came off as being very very white and very kind of like not a hip-hop fan i mean he's like i've looked him up and he was in his 50s and he's from notre dame he's now moved somewhere else but is that sort of like he's a religion's religion uh professor professor of religion and also uh, a few other things but it's kind of like yeah it was like what you looked at him and he was like sort of in the sort of pringle type stuff and it's like that doesn't really fit the usual fan of gangster rap but hey <laughs> but there is that kind of thing where people are sort of doing oh well we, we want to, we want to capture the headline we want to capture the new audience so let's put something in but i don't feel they've actually have the background to do that but then again, if you if if you were interested in researching the the sort of history of politics in the seventies, to find all those pamphlets would be really difficult. Those leaflets, the pamphlets. Um, John's done this, and you, literally the uh, there are places that will have them, but they just have a big box, and you have to go through them all. So there isn't an archive of those kind of things. No. So the ephemera is quite hard to find. Yeah.
have a lighter example, but because um, the stakes seemed lower. But I, I was in a, a ska band for many years and uh, busy in the ska scene of New Jersey and New York in the late '90s. I'm a horn player, and uh, I did pretty good back then. We we and but by pretty good I mean we we had great uh, fan base and we were plenty busy playing shows. And of course, how was the show promoted? It was a flyer. Um, and flyers came and went, we laughed at them. We enjoyed them. They were, were, you know, they're useful, they're handy, but gone, they would be pretty quickly. And, uh, and there were also people who made zines, of course, everybody knows zines for different purposes. These were music zines. Uh, and now in 2020 and for the last maybe four years or more, uh, several people now all probably in their forties, maybe more, they've been gathering up as much as they can, not only the actual flyers, scanning them, um, but also trying to gather up stories. And, and what you find is when people leave their comments, and I'll, I'll talk about where in a second, uh, you get bits and pieces of what happened. You even get some debates. And this was the 90s. Um, <laughs> but they're all doing this on Facebook, which as a tool for organizing is very bad it'll be gone right right you my just space, never remember know. myspace and friends stuff. yes i did all my archaeology of social history on myspace it's all gone um yeah so so you know here we have for the time being a tool that has worked for their purpose but yeah we have no idea uh what How happens to archive it there's no way no. of archiving it i mean yeah. john has been using it for that and and twitter with hashtags and um and i keep saying to him it will be no way of, of backing up. I mean, you might be, a, you can back up your data, but then you've got no way to actually use it because it's all this kind of weird XML file. And uh, yeah, it, it, it's funny you mentioned um, Scar. <laughs> Scar, because uh, did, did you hear about the what happened on, on Facebook? No. no. They started removing them, skinhead bands, even oh. the anti fascist ones. Oh, I hadn't and even considered that would become a Neville thing. Neville Staples got removed. <gasps> and other play people got removed as being, you know, fascist. And it's like, do you not know about the skinhead scene? That actually, there's, there's red skins and there's, right. and there's fascist skins. Yeah. So a bit like what's wow. happening with Little Britain and um and certain statues, which is good. I, I was very I was I was very happy with Bristol pulling down that statue. But I'd heard about that statue before, the Colston statue. But the it was uh, if people don't know, uh, Edward Colston was a slave trader, and there was a uh, statue of him in Bristol. And for many years, the locals have said, "Can we pull this down, or can we move this, or do something about it?" And they were still debating about putting in a plaque there. There was a plaque that someone had put there previously, sort of like as a sort of a guerrilla thing, and that had been taken away. Oh, I, but some, oh. You know, some not 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 officially. Someone literally yeah. just stolen it. Yeah, and. Um, and so when they did the Black Lives Matter protest, they they pulled it down and threw it in the harbour, which is brilliant. Yeah. The very harbour where the, the well, not slave ships, the ships that would go out to, to trade slaves and come back with produce okay. used to dock. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is a perfect place to put it. Yeah. Um, and there's all that sort of stuff happening. But there's also some other stuff with, with culture. And I have mixed feelings about it because, like, Bo Selector and Little Britain used to use blackface, which I think is bad. But at the time, it didn't seem so bad. But it was the early noughties. But I can understand why. But they're now they're now pulling things like um, was an episode of Faulty Towers, where he goes, has a go at the Germans. But also, there's a, a, a sort of a, an old kind of general major who makes a racist comment. 
you're not allowed f- to satire, or at least these things that were satire, or um, yeah. Um, Mighty Boosh and oh. Legal Gentleman, Papa Lazarou, have been uh, pulled off some streaming sites. Uh, and the, the thing is, is I totally understand the kind of like using blackface for comedic effect for entertainment, but some of them were actually they were kind of using the blackface as kind of I th- I, as more of a comment on the people who use blackface as a kind of a, a really something really either sort of quite creepy a comment on the people who were doing it or as a kind of a a, a, a meme in a way not not saying oh we're making fun of black people we're making fun of the people who are doing that and and it's the same with this i'm a bit worried that there's going to be kind of people pulling things which are are are, are intentionally negative as in like people who that they're taking the piss out of people or, or like they're, 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 this, 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 like this general major or this, this uh, person who is being racist. That was the point is he wasn't, you know, they were, they were, they were kind of not saying, Oh, we think this guy is good. They were actually going, Oh no, this guy is a complete old buffer because he's an old racist. Uh, was talking about the Boer war or something, you know, it's that sort of thing. It's like, that, that I, it's kind of like, I understand, but there is a level of where you kind of need to keep the, the negative stuff to point out that it it these you know to be able to point out that we don't agree with these people yeah and so, is and is the first thing to do to erase it or remove it i mean that's i think that question should also always be asked like we definitely in many cases on art and culture we should look critically at everything things that we've been yes. looking critically for a long time but okay now we're ready for action but is the answer exclusively remove or erase i mean skinheads against racism uh, has a history, uh, and if you just yeah. say no, it has the word skinhead in it. Therefore, it has to be removed, and it's uh, it's shameful. It's like no. We're going back to the people who are outside the culture, commenting on the culture, yeah. and not really understanding the internal references again, yeah. and oh, yeah. and having no patience for it. Also, like yeah. sorry, you know, we, we we're busy trying to uh, change the world, which is a noble mission, but but. Mm. Many things are done in noble with noble intentions. Well, I mean, it's a good thing. I'm, I'm not going to defend things like you know, till death do us part. You know, the Afghanet type stuff. That was that they, they they were always doing the oh the the thing of saying oh this is this is um oh he's he's a he's he's not a he's not the hero of this, but he became an anti-hero. So that was that was really problematic. Or or the black and white minstrel show and stuff like that. I remember those as, as a child. And I'm glad those are gone because, you know, and gollywogs and all that sort of stuff. It's just like, no, it's just horrible. But there is an issue where, like, like they, they pulled Gone with the Wind. And it's 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 made from a time. Uh, and I'm starting to wonder if they're going to start attacking in the heat of the night or some of the or, or some of the kind of things which which were that sort of late kind of like early consciousness about the civil rights movement. Mississippi burning. I mean, there's, there's racism in that. I would hope that wouldn't get pulled. Right. It shouldn't get pulled. But, but I'm just, I don't know. I mean, it's hard I, to tell. Not, yeah. Yeah. At the moment, it's a bit like it seems like the BBC and others are just going through all their catalog and, and kind of removing anything that's even slightly racist, which in one sense is good, but in a sense, it has to be stuff which is obviously frivolous or is actually mocking people who are, you know, aren't white. But the stuff which is kind of borderline or the stuff that is kind of obviously laughing at the racists rather than with them, I think should stay or at least have 
maybe I don't mind having you know warning in front of sure. it or anything like that. But sure, I, information I, uh, about what was going on or what you know yeah, context. Yeah. yeah, I think that's yeah. fine. Yeah, I think they're yeah. going to do that with Gone the Wind when they bring it back. They're going to put some. They're going to have a a documentary and a and a and, a, and an interstitial saying about it, and that's fine. But I do think that you can't just you're not going to erase racism by erasing it from from programs. I think there is a a difference between things which are going to be which are are, are obviously are dodgy and think times have changed. And there are other things which are like they're of the era but but weren't necessarily intended to be. Yeah. They're just kind of not aged well. Yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think sometimes, especially with technology, whether it's communication or media production, it's also the easier, seemingly the easier step to take right now is to look at what can we remove. And it's just, I think there's harder work to be done yeah. And that one is much harder to describe in, in one minute uh, when you talk about institutional racism. And yeah. I think that we're going for some immediate results and I get the desire very much so, but yeah. It's, yeah, it's going to take a much longer and a much, much more things than that than just, you know, if, if you're facing up to any form of bigotry, it's, 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 it, you, the work, you have to put the work in and then kind of change things. I just, I just worry about it being just a, a wallpapering. Yeah. Well, at because, least we're, I mean, people are, there are people who are aware of that and are being introspective. Yeah. And, you know, yeah, but it's, it's tough. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. We, we started by talking about podcasts. There's a lot of shows out there. There's a lot of content. There's a lot of opinions and um, I don't know. Some are louder than others. And yeah. <laughs> And then we got to, sometimes we just have to go with it. I'm not sure. Well, I, 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 that's why I, the, I mean, I, I recently did a, a podcast that was all black or non-white Beatles covers. I did that a few months ago. And, and then obviously I've just done a show about Black Lives Matters where I try to make sure the majority of, every, you know, everything was either mixed, you know, like the specials or, you know, the, the, or, 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 or sort of black voices, non-white voices, people of color. B-M-A-M-E, B-A-M-E, I never say that right, B-A-M-E. And and those kind of, you know, to, to kind of push those voices forward. And I think that's important uh, because I know that from a history of making sure queer voices are heard on the podcast and also female voices are heard. I was very glad to find, I looked at my Spotify stats and found that actually the majority on Spotify listen to me are female. It's the first time I ever had any kind of gender breakdown. And I was expecting it to be all very male and middle class, uh, not middle class, uh, middle age. Sure, sure. Okay, right. I was wow. expecting it to be male, wow. middle age, kind of like huh. 40s, 30s, 50s, that kind of thing. You know, the mashup community I, I grew up with, that sort of age range. And I was like, oh. Um, but then I thought about it. And it made sense because I've always tried to prioritize, to some extent, female voices. It's, it's hard because the music industry like the art industry is very white male and it's um it is not always easy to get to find those they're out there but it's not always easy to find those voices the the black voices the non-white voices the the female voices the, the gender non-defining voices the trans voices the queer voices i know from the from the lgbtq community and part of that it is very difficult to find those voices um, occasionally you'll find them in very kind of, uh, you know, like the, the classic sort of singer song writer dyke type thing, you know, the, with the sandals and stuff that, that is a, uh, there is a whole, you know, 
scene around that and the whole festivals and stuff like that, Lilith Fair and that kind of thing. Um, but I don't really do that kind of music. So, <laughs> but but the you know the, the, you know to find the alternative music is quite hard. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's out there, right? It's just a matter of finding and and yeah, because the whole the whole systems, the whole the radios, they have everything is all not. I think it's changing, but it is very very figured around male and 20s and white and quite middle class especially quite middle upper class now 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 the uh there's got these stage schools and now you can't be on the dole and be a musician anymore because the um the benefit system is tries to force you into work so it used to be in the 70s and 80s you could stay on the dole and then be a musician not anymore so, so the the working class, it's diff- more difficult for anyone who's working class to be a musician, unless you've got you, you, unless you've got some kind of support behind you. Right. Yeah. Well, first of all, I want to say it's really good to hear from you. Yeah, it's very good to hear from you. <laughs> it's uh, it's been a while. It's been since... Way too long. Yeah, way exactly, long. exactly. Um, but of course, I always have your voice somewhere in my in my mind or or wherever we keep these things, um, especially because I'm I'm reading what you put out there. Um, listening. Um, so in that sense, I feel like uh, I've been with you all along, but uh, this is a great, great catch up. And there's always more to talk about, but I'll put this one out there for people. Um, Radio Clash is the number one place uh, I'll send them, but I'm going to go back through the audio and link some of what we've talked about. Um, and I only say some because after a while, I'll get really tired and be like, isn't this enough links? Um, and then start to doubt if anyone will go to the bottom of my link list. But I'm putting you at the top, of course. Um, it's I'm glad you're still doing podcasts. And you know what? If you stopped, I'm still a big fan and I'm oh, still your you. friend thank and you. I'll still follow you, whatever you're doing. So also, you know, you don't have to do this to be great. You are great just as you are. <laughs> Um, but it's great that you are doing the podcasts. So I'm I'm going to keep listening, and I oh, feel good, like good. I feel like I'm not alone. You know, uh, ah, and I yeah, well, yeah, we're a kind of a, a a very sort of special group. The 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 people who were there, the first waivers. Yeah, because yeah. I, I don't know if people know it's the usually the, it's the first wave up until iTunes popped up in February 2005. Yeah, and then there was an explosion, but there was a bunch of people who were there right at the start. Yeah, yeah. Yep. And but as I mentioned, cereal. There's a bunch of people who go, "Oh well, didn't it start with Mark Maron and and, and cereal?" <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. And well, that's like, the thing. Histories. No. The histories that get told. Yeah. So this is us telling ours. But that that's why that relates it back to the Wikipedia thing because the Wikipedia one for podcasting is terrible as it is for mashup. Yeah. It's 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 kind of unfortunately uh, it, it, it's who who actually tells the narrative gets to control. Yeah, and I did. I did do podcasts, by the way, for the German Wikipedia for for the last couple of years. I mean, cool. Well, no, for a few years, and that ended in twenty eighteen or twenty nineteen. But um, you know, there I was asking people questions, and uh, yeah. a lot of what you just brought up is an ongoing issue that there aren't specific answers to. Um, no, no. You know, there's some efforts and to diversify who's writing, but also to you know modernize if we can call it modernize uh, just push I mean, the criteria forward i mean talking about the notability criteria obviously yeah. i mean i'm I ha- i'm cis white male working class but you know uh, it's even much bigger 
step if you are not those you know not those things so you know i think you know how difficult it is to get to be notable if you're black and female or queer black and female trans black and and male you know it, it is that that's the kind of thing about this dismantling the sort of the hierarchies and the systemic racism and the injustices is is the fact that these systems seem to prioritize a bunch of people including me and and it sounds a bit strange saying i want to dismantle that but i do because i, I much rather have a diversity of voices is why i do podcasting sure absolutely yeah and it's i'm glad you do it that way um tim great to hear from you and good to hear from you i'll be in touch uh, i'll stay in touch as always um and uh, yeah stay as they say these days stay healthy stay safe <laughs> yes yeah, so that's the one don't stay go outside safe. yeah or remain or, indoors as, as the mitchell web goes remain indoors <laughs> <laughs> that was tim from radio clash RadioClash.com is where you go or just type it into your podcast player because you should definitely be listening to it. Uh, Much obliged to Tim for taking the time. I want to mention that I use the intro music throughout today's show. I use music from from Radio Clash, including the intro music from Tim's original show back in November 2004, uh, a song from Tim's return podcast in 2018. Uh, The song is Paul McCartney's Good Night Tonight. And finally, I'm ending today in the background uh, with a piece from Tim's podcast last month entitled A Line in the Sand, Black Lives Matter Part 1. The song is Racist Friend by The Specials, a.k.a. happens to be one of my most favorite bands, as we mentioned in today's program. I'll have all these links and more in the show notes. You can read them in your podcast player right now or on citizenreporter.org. Subscribe if you haven't already. Otherwise, next time someone's talking about podcasts, maybe mention this program because it's fun to enjoy things together and to bring more people in uh, to enjoy this. Thanks so much for listening and all the other forms of support. As we said in today's program, it is often underestimated how much knowing you're out there listening means to the person behind the mic, in this case, me. Until next time, I'm Mark Fonseca Rendeiro. See ya. See you.
that was the specials aka with racist friend which is a song i quote regularly on facebook and social media because i have that policy on my social media if you have racist friends or you know racist aunt or a racist granny or whoever and you don't stand up to them then it's on you don't stand for that stuff